As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Know your numbers and how they work for you because it's different for everybody and it is very market specific. And it helps you buy good deals and it helps you to walk away from bad ones. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes the free service, here comes the free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714, I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff with us today. Brooks Everline, how you doing, Brooks? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you? I am doing well. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Brooks. He is 
obviously a real estate investor. He focuses on value-add multifamily, single-family rehabs, and fix-and-flips. He has purchased and rehabbed five single-family residences since July of 2016 with a goal to do 10 to 12 in 2017. He has two fourplexes in his rental portfolio, and one of them being completely vacant at purchase. He's based in Martinsburg, West Virginia. With that being said, Brooks, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? A little bit about my background is I got started in real estate investing in 2014. We had a single-family house that we could not sell, so we ended up renting a property. So I became what you would call an accidental landlord, so to speak. During that process, I was able to borrow against that property to do the renovations on our now primary residence. And as this opened up, I was like, wow, this is really neat. I can use funds that I don't have to fix up the house that we want to live in. So it kind of opened my eyes, so to speak. And then that turned me on to, I'm a UPS truck driver, and I work at night. So I have unlimited hours in front of me. And I was turned on to a coworker had an Audible account. And he's like, look, man, I listen to Audible all night long. I got a list of books. You should check this out. I'll give you my Audible account, and you can totally eat up the time. So I took his account, and I started listening to these books. And the, the list is like Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Alchemist, all of these different books. So I'm learning how to be get out of the employee mindset and to get myself focused into the investor mindset. The Rich Dad's focus got me turned on to real estate. Mm-hmm. So I guess that kind of brought me up to speed as to where I'm at, learning the difference between assets and liabilities, if you will. The other books kind of just helped to change my mindset. You said that you had a single-family house originally, you couldn't sell it, you turned that into a rental, and then you bought a vacant four-unit. You have two four-units, correct? Yes. Okay, was the vacant four-unit the first four-unit that you bought or the second? The vacant four unit was the actual first investment property that I purchased. Okay. What gave you the confidence to buy the vacant four unit and how did you finance it? The confidence came from, like I said, I'm a prodigy of just podcast learning and audible books. So that gave me the confidence. What I had learned from podcasts at night while working taught me how to buy no money down, fix up, refinance, and pull all your capital out. So really, I went into it with no other knowledge than just what I had heard at night while working. So I financed it with a private lender. He put up $145,000. The purchase price was $165,000. So I came up with the difference, some of my own funds and some uh, line of credit Mm -hmm. that I had access to. So I'm into this deal with very little money, and the process started right from there. I Again, reverting back to my current job as a UPS driver, I came across a person I knew long ago from high school who was in the area that I was delivering, and he was a contractor, and I kept his contact all those years, reached back out to him when I had this property under contract, and I said, hey, look, I got this opportunity. I'm in Martinsburg. I need a contractor. So he comes over, and he gives me a bid to do all the estimates. We kind of get ourselves reacquainted, if you will. And we tackle this piece together. And while we're working together, we're talking about real estate, what we've been doing, this and that, where we'd like to go. And it just led to other business ventures, 
if you will. So after we completed, him and I still worked together on some single-family stuff. So you hired him as a contractor, but then you also worked beside him and helped him do the work? I did on this project. I thought it was invaluable to learn the business and to learn what it would take to get this thing up and running, how to lease them out, just so that I can scale later on. That was my main focus. I wanted to see how this all worked so I understood the business much better. So, yes. How do you get a quote for that if you tell the contractor, hey, I'd like you for you to do this work, but you know what? I'll work with you, so factor that into your pricing. Well, knowing him obviously helped with that, but he saw me there every day. So he just took off based on my labor, what he would charge me or have one of his guys do, right? Okay. I'm working there every day beside him. So he just discounted that as a labor cost that he didn't have to pay. Okay. All right. Easy enough. How much all-in did you end up being with the property that you bought for 165 We were right around, I'd say, $180,000. Okay. That's not a lot at all. $15,000 to get four vacant units rent ready? That's correct. And we put a roof on it. We did some siding. Now, here's the thing, though. Like I said, I was in there every day. I sanded hardwood floors, refinished hardwood floors, did a ton of painting patchwork. I mean, I'm familiar with construction. I'm not, I was no means a contractor or a construction worker, but I've done a little bit of everything. So it didn't take me a lot to pick that right up and get back in. You know, painting okay. and patching and things yeah. like that is not. So maybe in my mind, I'm thinking of something that's a much worse scenario than it actually was. Did they have the electrical in them and was plumbing fine? And did they have all the appliances that you just kept? The appliances we kept, there was a stove. Now, some of them we did have to buy used, but they were there. The plumbing was intact. Uh, and for any of your listeners, if you see galvanized plumbing, I would turn away. So Why? if you come across a property that has galvanized, because it just it corrodes and there's no fix. Galvanized will close up over time. The rust will close the pipe. Now, I haven't experienced it, but I have seen the inside of the piping. And mine, I don't know how much longer that property will hold like that. But just if you see it, I would be very hesitant to purchase. I would look for copper, PVC, newer plumbing, obviously, is what I'm getting at. So plumbing's there. It's intact. It just needed a lot of make-ready stuff. It had been neglected for probably six to eight months. A lot of just make ready, paint, mm -hmm. flooring, the roof needed repair. So a lot of the painting and things like that I was able to do. We redid the cabinets. We painted them a nice white. How long did it take? We did all of that work. We bought it in March, mid-April. We were finishing everything up about a month later, all the renovations. This was no joke. We were busy. We were on top of things every day, pretty intense. Were you renting them out as you went, or did you wait until you had all four completed before you started showing and renting? The last unit needed just a little bit of finalized touching up, and I was already showing the other three and starting to lease them out. So, yeah, we were very close to being complete. All of the groundwork, the exterior things were done so that there weren't any issues with nothing was going to fall on anybody coming by or anything like that. So it was just more so inside of the last unit, but... It was a very intense process, but a valuable one. You know, I saw all aspects of that deal. Very hands-on to it as well. You said you got a private lender for one hundred and forty-five thousand. The purchase price was one sixty-five. So 
you put in 20 with your own funds in line of credit. What are the terms that you have with the private lender? He gets first deed of trust. He's 12% interest-only payments monthly. I think we did have a six-month time period built into that with an extension if needed. It's funny how I met the private lender. He's actually a long time ago friend of my wife, and uh, we met at an auction property. We were both there looking to buy this single-family house to rehab the flip, and he didn't know how to get to the other. We were going to another auction, and he didn't know where it was at or how to get there, so he followed me over. We're walking through this next house, and we're just sparking up a conversation. That's how we put two and two together that he knew my wife, and then he said, hey, look, I'm also lending money. At first, he told me 6% while we were in the town. <laughs> I'll never forget it because I had a guy call me from Baltimore the other day, and he heard me on Michael Blanc's podcast. He said, did I hear you're getting private money at 6%? And I said, you heard 6% just like I did, but it's not at 6%. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's at 12% now, and it is interest only. But what's nice is he has continued on to lend with us. And he's done three of our single-family rehabs. And 12% sounds like a lot. And it is high interest, but when they're funding the whole entire purchase for you and you don't have to pay points, you don't have to pay all these other fees that you're going to be associated with hard money, it's not that bad. And just to clarify, he didn't fund the entire purchase, but he funded everything but 20000 right? Yes. Okay. That's correct. Just for the best ever listeners, education for anyone who's not familiar with this, why did you choose to do interest-only payments? Well, interest-only is cheaper. Interest-only payments, you tack on principal to that, and it's a whole different ballgame. So, I mean, interest-only, if you can get a lender, and most private lenders that I've come across, even hard money are typically interest-only. Now, like I said, with the hard money, you're going to have some sort of points up front that you're going to have to pay, and they're going to have their own fees. Each one is going to be a little bit different. I've got dealt with Restoration Capital, who just funded one of our most recent properties last week. They did it in five days. Kudos to them. They are awesome. Chantilly, Virginia, Restoration Capital, they did it in five days. Fund that flip, we've talked to them. I haven't used them, but what I'm getting at is they're all a little different. They all have their own fee basis. And it's not going to be, when you call one of them, like I did with Restoration Capital, and I say, hey, I got a private lender that's charging me 12%. And he goes, well, what else do they charge you? And they're like, that's it, 12% interest. And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. So it's a good deal. Mm-hmm. If you got an uncle or a family member that wants to give you money at 10 or 12% interest only, do it. <laughs> How long do you have the loan for? The four-unit or the rehab properties? The four-unit loan. The four-unit loan I had for four months. Oh, you only had for four months, and then what'd you do with it? Refied, cashed out. It's a crazy story. It's a four-unit property. Here I am, my first investment property. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is really happening. Everything's going the way that I heard it should work on all these podcasts and this and that, and it's coming to fruition. I go to refinance at my bank, commercial lender, first deal. I have no experience with this, and he gives me 80% loan to value. Now, initially, he was not willing to do a refinance cash out. I said, well, this is what we talked about. This is why I want to do this. What I want lend- to pull the what, capital back. What, is it a local bank? It's a local community bank. They hold all the loans and have Which one? Which one is it? Bank of Charlestown. Okay. All right. Please continue. So initially, he was a little hesitant. I said, you know, Jonathan, this is, this is where we're at. This is what I, we talked to you about. We're days away from closing. I said, I'm banking on 
pulling capital out. So he ended up doing the deal, the 80% cash out refinance. It shook out to be a little less than what I thought I was going to get just because of closing costs and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was anticipating 10000 up a little, maybe ten to twelve. I ended up getting $6,000 back at the table. But for my first deal, I was like, man, that is all right. We just did this, and we had it all leased out in less than three months. By June, it was completely leased. You put in 20000 and you got back six, so you're in it for 14000 right? Absolutely. That's great. And how much does it rent for? Oh, my. That property, well, I can tell you what the rents are right now. They're $750, 700 $640, and 635 I bring in about $1,500 a month on that property. Profit? Yes, that's after expenses. And just to use the ratio, you've got $2,725, and your total acquisition was 180000 So that's, yeah, 1.5% of monthly rent to all-in price. That's great. Yes, if your listeners are trying to hit the 1%, we'll be a bit above that. I try to do $150 per door of cash flow. Okay. Is what I like to hit on the multis. Some people like a hundred, and it's all market specific, and you know that better than anybody. California, you're not going to get that. Certain other places, you're not going to get that. But here, we try to hit that. Any other lessons learned on this vacant four unit that you want to mention that we haven't talked about? What did it appraise for? Two hundred thousand. I just think that the lessons that I learned in this property are learning what it takes to get one of these up and running and actually to be there and to see it all happen because it proved invaluable because now every deal going forward, when you're dealing with contractors, you can tell them, hey, look, they think that you've never done anything like this. So when they're giving you estimates or bids or things like that, you know how contractors are. Yep. They just throw all kinds of numbers at you. Everyone knows how contractors are. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So if you have some knowledge about what things cost, you can greatly increase your chances of success when dealing with them and finding the right fit. And that's just one lesson on the four unit. I learned a lot throughout the whole process of leasing, learning all the tenant landlord laws, state specific. It takes time, but those are all things now that I can turn over to a leasing and she or he can run with it and I can just follow up with them and making sure things are happening the way they need to happen, which is where we're trying to get to now. That's where my focus is now. Is trying to pull away from the business. What's the last deal you did? The last deal, we just bought one last week, the 24th. It was a single family in Hagerstown, Maryland. It was a small three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath brick rancher. Nice little quarter-acre-plus lot. It'll be a rehab flip. How much did you buy it for, and what are you putting in, and how much will you sell it for? The acquisition was ninety-seven. We'll put somewhere around thirty thousand dollars into this property, and we'll sell it somewhere around two hundred to two hundred five, maybe higher. It just depends. Single family real estate is not sitting on the market very long where we're at. It's flying off the shelf, which kind of brought me to why we're doing single families now. I mean, it's—I don't want to say can't, but finding a multifamily that makes sense where I'm at is becoming very challenging. So this business here, as I said, this relationship with this contractor has turned into one where we partner up and do these flips together. And we're just having a great time doing this, and we're making really good money at it. I guess what I'm saying is to have a couple tools in your tool belt 
is a good thing. I know a lot of real estate investors will hone in and really focus on one thing, and that's great. And I do the same thing to a point, and then once the wells dry for a period of time, you got to be able to do something else. you got to mm-hmm. make money somehow, right? Mm-hmm. So now we do a little bit of wholesaling. We do a little bit of fix and flip. Actually, a good bit of fix and flip. And, yeah, it's paying the bills pretty well. And yeah, one thing I don't want to get lost in this conversation is you have a full-time job, you said earlier, as a UPS employee, and you work at night. What are your hours? They vary, but when I was really gearing up to do all this, Joe, it was 9 p.m. to 9 a.m., and <laughs> it was one of the most challenging things I've ever done, but your perseverance. I knew that real estate was going to be one of the only vehicles that was going to set us free, you know, financial freedom. And my biggest thing for doing this was to earn X amount per month. And my goal is about $10,000 a month of my own personal portfolio. When I'm at that point, I'm well over my expenses. And those properties will be leveraged to 70, 75, sometimes 80% LTV. Now, I don't buy them based on appreciation. So when I say they're leveraged, they may not look great as far as the purchase price, but they're cash flowing strong. Very different scenarios. As long as you're cash flow heavy, you can withstand an up and down market, especially on multifamily. I don't have any single family rentals. I try to get into the five and up, and that's where I'm trying to be at. But these two four units, they're going to take care of themselves through ups and downs. So once I get to that point of eight to ten thousand dollars, I'm a very good spot at that point, and that's kind of what I'm trying to get to with the personal portfolio. And it's getting there getting there. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Know your numbers and how they work for you because it's different for everybody and it is very market specific. And it helps you buy good deals and it helps you to walk away from bad ones. And also I'd say network. Always be in the business networking. Create new contacts and relationships wherever you can. You don't know where it's going to lead and it's going to help to grow your business. There's a lot of computer desk activity and behind the scenes things that need done and they're extremely important but they can be outsourced, and networking cannot. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, We'll have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at com. Best ever book you've read? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Best ever deal you've done? I would say the first deal that I purchased, the vacant four unit. It opened my eyes, allowed me to see how this really unfolds and how it works. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Not sticking to the numbers that you know work, especially with the fix and flips. Don't try to ever extend your numbers. Know where you're at and know your ARVs. Know those numbers rock solid. You don't want to deviate. 
best ever way you like to give back? Just my time. If anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm always here to talk, real estate, whatever it may be. And now with my kids, I like to support them in any way with donating to their athletic groups, helping to coach, things like that. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? You can reach me on email. We have ynphomesolutions at gmail.com, or you can call us at 240-513-7836. Those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. Well, thank you for digging in with us on that vacant four unit. That was the main focus of our conversation because right out of the gate, you bought a vacant four unit, which is not typical. Usually, at least what I've come across is you buy something stabilized and then you get into the nitty gritty stuff and ultimately you have an opportunity to make more money with vacant and distressed property. But usually people don't dive in immediately and you did talking about the way you structured it with your private lender, how you partnered up with the contractor, how much money you put into it, and ultimately the result on the cash out refinance, the portfolio lender that you used locally, and just the whole thing from start to finish. I'm glad that we talked through how to buy a vacant four unit as your first investment property. So thanks so much for being on the show, Brooks. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. You too. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at the REI Foundation dot com.